the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. This week flew by. Oh, it did. It yes. seems like you thought it was Monday today, right? I, it was way, <laughs> yes, today. Is that, I wonder if that happens to everybody. I hope it does because it happens to me all too often. I forget what day it is. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. I don't have such a, such a structured regularity to uh, the week now. There's... There's a lot of improvisation, things that pop up, and I didn't know. And uh, for example, I spoke this week to a group of about 250 tech trainees at Lackland. They had a great uh, the San Antonio Builders Association, so Doug Connery and, and a whole group of folks. They have they've been doing this for many years, creating a Thanksgiving lunch for oh, that's for these men to be able to you know they're not at home and they're mm-hmm. here in our great city and. So they give them a, a lunch, and oh, they gave them lots of goodies and a bag each to each of them with some candy and some other things. And the guest speaker <laughs> this year, um, so many of them had been through our classes as well. I asked them, how many of you went through our classes when you were in basic training? And really, just a, a great number really? of them uh-huh. raised their hands, so it was really exciting. So I asked these them were why. not trainees. These were No, these were now. tech trainees. Okay. They're... After basic training, uh, it, uh, they go to their which, school, which was nine weeks now, is uh, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. They go seven weeks now. The tech school is usually about 15 or maybe even more, mm-hmm. 12 to 15 to right. maybe even up to 20 point, weeks. And they are airmen. They are airmen, but they're learning their specific, specific. assignment, mm-hmm. like right. uh you know, aircraft maintenance, uh, security forces, uh, right. uh, clerical work, whatever they're going to be doing. Right. You know, so they're they're learning the ins and outs of their particular uh, first uh, uh, minist- uh, military service. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, they were uh, tech trainees. <laughs> they thought they left me behind. Uh, they chuckled. Thank thank goodness. <laughs> And they didn't all shake their heads and go, yeah, why am oh, I being having to listen me. to this guy? But I had a great time. I wore my Apache tuxedo. I wore, right. took out my buckskins. And and uh, I told them the story of Squanto uh, yes. from, you know, American history. Who who was this guy that in 1621 when the Jamestown settlers colonists had, they had uh, many of them had probably to to die or to have to give up, oh, yeah. and how that would have changed the history of North America. Right. I mean, really, uh, if 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 the influence of the pilgrims and those who were coming to to find religious freedom and, and mm-hmm. you know the, there was a belief in God and a worship mm-hmm. of God, really, if that amazing. wasn't our pattern, it, 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 someone told me one time a, a South American man actually. He said, that's the difference between North and South America. North America was founded on the idea that old we trust. Oh, interesting. I thought that was always very, I mean, it wasn't that we did perfectly, uh, anybody did anything perfectly. Right. But there was a different mindset. A little bit of a different tone. Yeah, as you moved into it. And so, uh, you know, here they are in Jamestown, and out walks 
from these uh, native people group you know, living, in, you know, to them probably quite primitive situations and states. But out walks this native uh, Indian speaking perfect King's English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the story of that how he... That is interesting. Yeah, really. It is. Yeah. It is quite interesting. You don't interesting, really think of, uh, of any Indians having been in Europe and then returning mm-hmm. to, you know, what what ship was that? Yeah. <laughs> how did he, when did he do <laughs> that? Yeah. He, they took them, paddled their canoe. <laughs> right. the, yeah. Wow. No, but uh, no, uh, it's a very, very interesting story. He was actually by force taken oh, out yes. of his village over to England. And then he was there for a period and came back. And by then, his people group had been wiped out. His his mm-hmm. tribe was destroyed by, by um, pol- uh, not polio, from the Europeans that, oh. that wiped out not only him, but a great number. Tuberculosis? Of, uh, no, I'll think of it. I know I will. Okay. But anyway, they were, <laughs> so he had gone to live with a different tribe. And he got kidnapped again. Oh, no. Sold into slavery in Spain. Mm. Then, when he was in Spain, uh, some Franciscan monks, he escaped, and Franciscan monks took him in. Mm. And that's where he heard the gospel. And it is uh, his story. Uh, Squanto actually converted, trusted yeah. Christ, was baptized. Uh, and then he left the, the, the uh, monastery, went back to England, and continued to grow in faith and, of course, in English. And he was working there as a, a translator and so on. And uh, he's spoken of very clearly uh, that in in the records that he is a Christian. He's a Christian man. Uh, and so, uh, and then he goes back uh, to, and, and lives with a different tribe. And that's where he is in 1621 when, um, when the folk, well, the the second one he who kidnapped him or had him was John Smith, he of Pocahontas fame, right, right, whom I think you resemble greatly. <laughs> I've always told <laughs> Stacy, you look just like Pocahontas. Uh, the I I got to talk to them about that, and then I told them my own story and and how God can use terrible situations mm-hmm. and so on. He can turn them around and make them yeah. for His purposes. And and for blessing and for good. And, and I've tried to impress upon them that you, too, in Christ, mm-hmm. you are men and women of destiny. And God has his hand on you. He's going to do far above what you would ever think or dream. Uh, if Just keep walking with him and trusting in him. And I throw that out as I've, since I've gone through it tonight on the air, I'll throw that out. Characteristics of leaders, even from the secular realm, is that, uh, you know, if you read some of these books on, on leadership mm-hmm. and so on, mm-hmm. uh, one of the characteristics uh, of leaders is a sense of destiny. Hmm. Somewhere they have gotten a sense of purpose and a sense of their purpose and, and destiny. That I know God's got his hand on my life, and there's that sense of destiny. And every believer has a right to have that. The other characteristic, you know what the number hmm. one characteristic characteristic of a leader is oh let I me do, ask i do know that number oh, one well, I, i'm not going to tell you i'm not going to tell you that i'm going to put that out or, uh well really it's by yeah. definition it, by <laughs> characteristic right? yes, yes. Um, folks that's one of our first questions for you tonight we do put out some questions wonderful incredible book that that sets the pace and the pattern for all of human history all of the f- fundamental pieces of our earthly existence are put in place. Not only the things, the trees, the rocks, the sky, the water, the oceans, and this, and and the people and the animal. Not only the the things that were created, but the processes that were going to take place now in this uh, in this period, based on the idea that God created the human race, this world, and, and the human race in it, so He could draw out of the human race a people for Himself. And so longer the human race then exists, the longer the pool exists of, of humans being born and generations coming along, the longer God can fish, mm-hmm. <laughs> the longer he can harvest out of the human race. That people, those who would love him, respond to him, acknowledge him, and desire God's reign in their lives. So that that's, all it, that's what it is. God is calling out a people for himself. And remember that point that the longer it exists then— uh, though the greater could be the harvest, because we see an interruption in the process. In chapter 11, 
we see the story of Noah and the judgment of on humanity and the destruction of the human race in, in a flood, the universal flood. So, we'll, seven. yeah, it starts out there in seven. It goes on and talks about his children and mm-hmm. their survival and so on. But uh, we're going to talk about that idea that the whole human race walked in lockstep. Right. We think the book of Genesis... Um, um, well, let me see. We 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 uh, we dated the time from Adam to Abraham, I believe, and that is estimated based on uh, biblically studying studying the biblical eras and the generations that are given to us. In, for example, chapter five, <coughs> we we're giving these generations, these peoples, and the number of years they lived. Some of them, of course, overlapped and so on, but and uh, essentially, it, this. Uh, this event, the, the the creation, began somewhat around four thousand forty five hundred years before Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would mean six thousand years now, which mm-hmm. kind of falls in line with the. Uh, if I understand the, the Jewish, um, not everybody, and so that that falls in line with that estimation. I'm sure that has something that is estimated, and they came to that conclusion somewhat based on the. Uh, genealogies and the the dates and the times that we're given in Scripture as mm-hmm. well. So anyway, that's we're kind of looking at that. And after those uh, after those uh, first years, the, then the whole human race had walked in lockstep mm-hmm. to uh, th- to judgment. And only eight people left on the earth were given the record here that believed in God, acknowledged Him, and worshipped God. Mm-hmm. That's no God brought through the flood. And so, uh, and then something happened that was put in place. Uh, now, both Adam and Eve and Noah, we've talked about this before as well, uh, when Noah got out of the ark uh, and Adam and Eve, when they were created, both of them were admonished and commanded by God, be fruitful, multiply, and spread out over all the earth. But neither one of them did it. Not not them personally. The generations that came after them, they didn't spread out. They stayed all together, speaking the same language and and walking, forming a, a monocultural, mm-hmm. and, and, and within a number of hundreds of years. But the whole human race had become depraved and corrupt right. and right. unbelieving. Right. So that that kind of the lockstep idea. They didn't obey what God had said and break out into. You know, people of the mountains, people of the desert, people of the beaches, people of the valleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, with they would, com- with the, competing interests. Yeah, yeah and they would have different cultures mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. names, different trees, different right. people groups. Right. Well, God had to force that, and we see that happen coming out of uh, out of the ark. Uh, they didn't do it either. And then finally the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Not only was, you know, it, we read it, and it's kind of interesting, and not only is it the source of languages and i've heard professional linguists today who study languages in the language development i've heard their lectures and talking about there was an explosion of languages suddenly mm-hmm. in human experience it was not adaptations of language through the century but but they there was a moment mm-hmm. from even all of their yeah. studies that and, and, and uh, yeah. it co- corresponds with the scriptures yeah it is an interesting thing because in some ways you know, God was commanding them to do something that was not in. You could, the instinct for uh, worshiping even one one God or what the uh, is is accurate. I mean that that kind of instinct is. It's it's that God shaped vacuum in mm-hmm. the heart of every man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's an interesting thing because that's still there and the longing for worship, but it was misplaced and misguided. And yet, but it shows um, concentrated when it is um, Mm -hmm. focused on the correct, on the true one living God. I mean, that is what it can also create its own momentum as well, right? Yes, and it's I guess that's what revivals are all about. And it's that well, it's that same. uh, You know, we long for a utopia, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be in this world at this (laughs) earth. But heaven is that we're longing for heaven is what we're doing. We can make quite a big difference. Let's go take our first clip for our listeners to know about as well. Let's see if I can do this. Am I already? Uh, I think Jacob is already there. Are you there, Jacob? I, I is here. Oh, <laughs> yes. Hi, Jacob. Good to hear your voice again, Hello. my friend. 
Uh, We're talking about the book of Genesis tonight. Before we get into your surprise and your uh, 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 good news that you can share with us tonight, I wanted to, uh, are we getting it kind of right? About of course, of, of, of course you are. <laughs> That's why I pay you the big bucks, buddy. That's it. Oh, well, I appreciate that, and uh, here's your change back. <laughs> right, the ten bucks back. Well, uh, listen, let's let's do tell the folks about your good news, the book that Jim worked so long and hard on, shared with us here on the broadcast uh, through the years as well. It's a very very exciting book, and uh, anyone will be encouraged. Uh, followers of, of Christ and will will be really encouraged and blessed, and those who are j- just interested in the in the Bible and in the, in the biblical narrative and the historicity and the and the background of it. Because remember, it was written uh, by Jews out of a Jewish cult. The the uh, the roots, uh, the understanding of uh, the New Testament in particular, the Gospels. And you can't do that. We've often said, remember, Jacob, in in our days when we were hosting the program here together, we've often said impossible to to totally and truly understand the scriptures, even the New Testament, without some reference to uh, Hebrew language, Jewish culture, Jewish writings and history. Uh, I mean, it's not that you not that you can't know enough to. To, but if we really want to understand the the scriptures, uh, it is so helpful to understand where they come from and out of what mindset, out of what history, language, culture they come in. Of course, that's the Jewish uh, culture. And you have written a book. It's called. Uh, well, let me let me pre let me preamble that a bit because we we have a popular saying that the Old Testament. Stacy, can you help me? The Old Testament. No, I see. And the New Testament. The, the Old, the old te- contains the Old Testament revealed, mm-hmm. and uh, that they are they are a unit. They are a set piece. So they're a, a continual narrative of each other. And uh, Jacob's book is called "A Jew Unconceals Gospels for Christians," and this is Jewish interpretation and view of uh, particularly the four Gospels. That's what you focused on. Are, are you planning on writing anything further about maybe the uh, the epistles or anything like that, Jacob? Uh, yeah, I, I, yes. Yeah, I, I have, have notes and things prepared for those, depending on if this thing is well-received or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, And I do want to say that uh, 100% I agree with what you said. You don't have to know any of this to have your faith in Jesus and be a good Christian. You don't have to. That's not required that you know all these details. But I will say that it sometimes, I think, helps to understand Perhaps what the Jews thought at that time, what they understood Jesus was saying, and indeed what Jesus may have meant when he was saying things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because a lot of statements I've noticed, uh, you know, we all have a need to make things uh, to be comprehended and need to know, I think, what it meant at that time. A little bit more of the and, background sure, from yeah. where it was coming, yes. Yes. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, a lot of the a lot of the statements through the Gospels are really discoverable in the Old Testament, the Tanakh, and primarily uh, the Torah, the first five books. And so what I really did was, I, and I never, ever, ever criticize Jesus or Christianity, nothing like that. I just want uh, what he, he may have been referring to, what I think the Jews would have heard and understood. Well, yeah, exactly right. And, and of course, many did in that era and as and today as well. Uh, g- give us an example of that. I, I think of one right off the bat. Uh, you, uh, for example, the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus uh, taught, which we read uh, as Gentiles, and uh, it's beautiful, it's powerful, it's truthful. And yet, from your Jewish background and experience, y- you saw something else deeper. And it's it's it does nothing more. It did nothing more but strengthen my faith. Messiah that long promised awaited Messiah, the the, the king uh, of Israel. Uh, is was placed on his cross in Jesus, the son of um, the king of Israel. Uh, maybe you could start with that one, and maybe there's another example sure. or so that you can. I'll say it's um, actually it's called Sermon on the Mount, as you know, or the Beatitudes sometimes, but uh-huh. actually in Hebrew it's called the Hakel, and the Hakel is at least 
at least eight times that I know of in the Old Testament. The very first time it occurs, believe it or not, is the book of Deuteronomy because, you know, you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus numbers and in in Hebrew, though many times it doesn't occur in the English, but in Hebrew, when you get to Deuteronomy, and then it says these are the words of Moses. So in fact, he doesn't mention that God said something to him like for several chapters again. Mm-hmm. So that is called the gathering, and as you know, he gives the in Deuteronomy, he's given a five-week speech to all the Israelis, the Israelites mm-hmm. coming in there, and so that started tradition. And actually, in Deuteronomy, it says every seven years, the king, only the king, in this particular instance, Moses was functioning, if you will, as a king, mm-hmm. and so Sermon on the Mountain. What I did in the book, I actually take each line that Jesus said, and I. Show and put in the book exactly what verse that is in Deuteronomy. So, so you this can was the see. king. This was the king. Actually, the Sermon on the Mount was more than just a sermon of beautiful teaching, but it was him obeying the mandate, the law to the people. Right? Is that? I, I, Exactly, ex- exactly, and don't, and, I, and I'm convinced the Jews got it and the Romans got it. Here's a guy mm-hmm. up on the mountain. Huh? Anybody's really referencing. You can actually discern which verse goes with which part of Deuteronomy, and it's required. But the declaration can only be done by the king. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is, he's saying to the Israelites, to the Israelis, to the Romans. I am the king. <laughs> and so they all got us. So as you know, when they put him on the cross, they put a sign that said, here's the king of Israel. <laughs> well, the reason for that is because he had declared himself king right there on that mountain by doing that because only... All right. Jacob, can you hang on with us through the break? Yes, yes, sir. Oh, I would really appreciate it. Wonderful book, A Jew Unconceals Gospels for Christians. And we'll tell you how you can get a little bit of a test version of it and read a little bit of it and how you can purchase the book itself. It's on Amazon now and uh, it is available. So uh, stay with us and we'll we'll uh, we'll tell you all the details and hear a little bit more from the author, uh, Jacob Farrar. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Welcome to the family. We're glad that you have come to share your life with love and may we always be to you what God would have us be a family always there to be strong and you're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar John, good choice. Beautiful. Kind of like to hear the rest of that, but we better get back there for the Bible Live broadcast. We're making our way through the scriptures every year. We just started our new, our 22nd time. Yeah. 22nd time every year. Uh, We no longer have the readings on uh, the radio here. We put those on the internet now, so you can go to them any time of day. And uh, here, the reading uh, for this, we just started the book of of Genesis. We covered chapters, what, 21 to 
36. 36, I think, this mm-hmm. past week. And so we're kind of now on Sunday evening, we talk through, we discuss, we take your phone calls and questions and observations and comments about go to our website, thebiblelive.com, thebiblelive.com, and uh, you can Follow, go, read, go with us. I'll read the scriptures to you. Uh, five, the five readings for this coming week are already at the website. You can find it on the current day's readings right there on the opening page. Click on it and uh, settle back and hear a uh, 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures, the New Living Translation. And uh, then, of course, you can go to different parts of the website and find re- kind of form the habit of uh, in the morning on the road to uh, work or sometime uh, click in and listen to the scriptures and they'll they'll get you over the road rage. (laughs) (laughs) They'll help you make it through the uh, journey to work. The traffic. The traffic. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Slow down because he's not quite. We're not finished with this this reading yet. But anyway, join with us on that. Now, we're visiting with Jacob Farrar, and he is the author of a new book Mm. called A Jew Unconceals the Gospels. Gentile uh, believers, we've been grafted into the, the people of God, grafted into Israel. We have become part of Israel, according to the New Testament teachings. And so it gives us a, a, us a, a, a peek into the, in, and into the scriptures. And they're so, they're so enriching and encouraging. It does nothing more than encourage and build our faith in the Messiah and in, uh, in the God of the Bible, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob is here. He's finished his book. It's available on Amazon. Maybe we ought to tell people right off the bat, before we get into a, some other discussion, about how they can get the book, Jacob. You want to do that? I, I've got some. You sent me an email that has some of the instructions on it. Oh. Hold 22 on. years. And- From the beginning, Jacob. I, I didn't have oh. your, you potted up. Okay, well, it's okay. A lot of people will turn me down. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I actually, you said it's 22 years, and coincidentally, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Well, huh. Is that poetry or what? Ooh, anyway, yeah. so, but I will tell you that we're, we're talking about the Hakel, and, uh, and I will tell you, it's mm-hmm. taking place over this weekend. Uh-huh. So they're actually reenacting where Jesus would have been. And, of course, they got to have a substitute do it. But they're actually doing the same, what's called the Sermon on the Mountain, same mountain. And they're actually doing, in summary, the Book of Deuteronomy. As, and I do want to tell you and answer your question. Uh, if you go to Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon.com, or not .com, just go to Amazon, and you can either go to the book section or just type in. If you type in, a Jew unconceals the Gospels for Christians, uh, it will open up to it. And right now, for whatever reason, uh, it, does, it says there's no image available. I understand the image itself will be there, the cover, the book cover, uh-huh. will be there in the next couple of days. And then if you, but the, right below that, it says paper. Paperback. If you click on the paperback, the image of the book does come up. And so uh, you can actually go there and order we're it. Looking and at, we're looking at it right now on Stacy's phone. Yeah, and and cool. the image does come up, uh, Jacob, just FYI. It, mm-hmm. And I will tell you that, as you know, you can look and click, look inside, and there's 10 pages of samples in there. You can look at things. And uh, so, and I will tell you, it took me, the publishing alone took about a year, but it took eight over eight years to actually put this thing together. Everything was well-researched, I hope, and everything was established where it came from. For example, we all know that uh, uh, it says like a dove appeared and landed in on on him mm-hmm. and it came out of the heavens and we heard her voice saying this is my son of whom i am well pleased anyway but where is that dove before then that's yeah and so what happens is noah releases the dove a third time now the dove in jewish poetry and paintings always represented the holy spirit mm. so that dove was released then and, and it never returned mm. and the next time it's seen and the next time it appears and when it finally found a holy place to land on jesus mm-hmm. so that well that and, and and what's also interesting is, now in the book, and, and I wish to stress, this is, um, this is, of course, 
a Jewish perspective of understanding what everything was said, not necessarily a Christian perspective, but I'm doing it from a Jewish perspective. But as I put in the beginning of the book, I do this in support of 100% of the Christian doctrine and religion and faith. Mm-hmm. So I accept, for example, now I know this is, I know Christmas is coming, but there was, in, and the course is in Hebrew. Pardon me, but um, they actually, they believe, and I personally think it's correct, is that his actual birthday was, you know, not Christmas, but it was actually Passover. And I would like somebody to be bold enough to say, why do you say that? Go why ahead, do you say that? Jim, I don't <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Here's the deal. First of all, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and Moses were all all died on the day they were day the Ten Commandments were given. And they're all in the month of Passover. Well, actually a very sensitive reading from a Jewish perspective. If you go into the book of Luke you'll see it talks about him being circumcised on the eighth day. Uh-huh. That's entering into the covenant. And then when it goes he goes to the temple and it says he's asking questions and I really like the way it words in the old King James it says he was um he was fully twelve, which means there's no days left of being twelve. So when they went to Jerusalem for the Passover asking him questions and he was uh-huh. responding and asking them that's what they do at a bar mitzvah, right? Hmm. That is correct. In fact, my grandson, when he had his, uh, that's exactly what happens. He gives a little lecture. He answers questions. He teaches on one particular portion. That's very important. And so what happens is that he was doing basically his bar mitzvah, exactly as you described. And that means that was on his 13th birthday, 12, Uh only 12 when he went, 13 when he left. But the key is this. If you want to know his birthday, the birthday always occurs on the 13th birthday for a girl, I mean for a boy, 12 for a girl. And that's actually in the book of Luke. It's wonderful. Isn't that that interesting? It is very interesting. This time I've got a little bit more acknowledged. There, there are dozens of these, I suppose, examples in a scripture that we can look up in our Bibles and Google it ourselves. And but, but they just simply enrich our understanding of what was really taking place. Uh, it's kind of the behind the scenes, cutting it not only our Gentile backgrounds, but you know we're getting into English and it's some of the language doesn't quite come across the same as it might have done in uh, Aramaic or Greek. Jacob, I'm, I'm I'm really proud of you, proud to know you, that someone not only had the discipline to write a book, but such a very helpful and encouraging book. A Jew Unconceals the Gospels. A Jew Unconceals the Gospels for Christians. It is now available on uh, Amazon. You can go Google and then go to Amazon Books. And as Jacob said, uh, put in, uh, you open up and you can review some 10 pages or so to explore. But you can purchase your copy and have it delivered to your home. For yourself or for others that you might want. Ah, just in time for Christmas. Jacob, I just, and, and I will just, tell you one one more thing. I'd really that's very important to me is you, we don't we don't catch in the let's say Matthew we use Matthew's genealogy. Mm-hmm. The genealogies are very 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 important. I know they can be long, boring, tedious, mm-hmm. whatever. But let's say in Matthew, the key to the virgin birth is in the genealogies because it's actually established in the genealogies and answers the question why verse where it comes from and why mm. and i must say in matthew 1 1 it says jesus son of david son of abraham well in jewish culture jewish thought jewish religion merit is always passed from the elder to isolated occasion in Jewish literature. And the first verse is Jesus, David, Abraham. Well, we know that the biological father of Jesus was not David, nor was the biological father of David, Abraham. But if you write the sentence like that, the the sentence structure becomes the punctuation. So if you write in one one that that sentence, Jesus, less, you go to verse 2. And in verse 2, begins with the eldest first, put that sentence structure together. This is what it means in from the Hebrew. It means the first person we named in verse 1, Jesus here, 
was worthy to receive the blessings of David and Abraham, even if they never had existed. Hmm. Wonderful. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Again, uh, I, I, these insights are just so helpful. And Jacob, I just thank you so much for for writing this book and congratulations. I mean, that's a that's a lot of work, a lot of discipline, a lot of uh, easy. And I will have it in time <laughs> oh, wow. Christmas. But thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh wow! Well, thank thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I will tell you some of the other things. I go verse by verse. Uh, you know, like through Matthew, and I explain where each thing came from, and I give a couple of examples. And, uh, for example, we know that Mary got pregnant. It tells us in Luke she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, plain in Genesis, because we know exactly how it took place, and when you go back and you read it in Luke, you say, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what it's telling us. And by the way, I should tell you, in Hebrew, it's sort of like Spanish, um, everything is male and female. In the beginning, the God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens are male. The earth is female. Hmm. Everything is male and female. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when the earth was ready to give birth it didn't use english or language it used its earthly language mist mm -hmm. believe it or not that mist can be interpreted from the ancient hebrew to mean i'm ready for life mm -hmm. so it's the same thing that mary as you have as the angel gabriel had said yes stacy go ahead because i oh, i'm interested in the, i thought you were going to mention the idea of the age we had just talked briefly about oh, sure. the biblically thought that that corresponded pretty well to uh, the the Jewish understanding of the age of of Earth and Earth history. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't you tell me that one time? <laughs> Please yes, tell me. You yes, I, <laughs> yes, I did. So, and it's a hundred percent. You're hundred percent accurate. Your memory's working good as well as your Bible knowledge. <laughs> All right. uh, but because this is the year, uh, I think. Anyway, so but it's the Earth. The Jews understand right or wrong that the earth will be predestined to end at a certain time. Now, the Christians use the term end of time. The mm -hmm. Jews use the word end of days. Mm -hmm. Why do they say days? Because what's made in the big days. Mm -hmm. And so you're 100% right. It's, they understand, and believe it or not, the first two sentences, especially the first one from Hebrew, if in Hebrew, gives us, because you know the the uh, the Hebrew language is also mathematics, so it actually gives us a date of 6,000 years. And that's why, in the, once in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament, it says that's where that's coming from is the first two lines in Genesis. Hmm. Very, very. Out of the star. And we all know that. Well, how did those guys, the, uh, the uh, I know in English we call it Magi, the Magi, the, but uh, from the Hebrew, but how did they know what a star meant? A star appearing in the sky doesn't just have a message, but they knew. The question is, and this is in the book, how did they know? Because somebody taught them. Because in Daniel, in the Hebrew, he's called the Rag Mag. Mog being like Magi, uh -huh. but he's the chief guy, the chief top guy, and he teach passes down because I'm not here. Uh, the next time the star appears, that will be a Messiah, as it was for him, because believe it or not, in the book of Exodus, it, the star, Moses, Moses born under the same star, and evil from the perspective of Pharaoh, you know, good from the perspective of the Jews, of course. But, and so that's exactly what happened. So when that appears and the Magi see the stars, that angel, well, next time that appears, the, the Messiah is born. And also the prediction under, um, remember Balaam and uh, the, the wizard paid to uh, condemn the people of Israel. Uh, they brought him in as a hired um, kind of a sorcerer to condemn, and he couldn't do it. And he predicts the star as well. So, the, I mean, he, he had that understanding. Uh, of because he's actually a distant relative of Laban. Is that right? Hmm. Yes. So he knew the story. So, 100, Sophie, you're 100% right. Wow. Give me to keep on letting people know where they can go to find uh, this book. Uh, a Jew unconceals the Gospels for Christians, and we congratulate you. Our, we're so proud of you and happy mm -hmm. for you. But also here, South Texan, and we 
You know, we yeah, we got to support our, our South Texas writers and authors. And um, you you are we're so proud of you. And I want our listeners wow. to go and explore the book and buy it. Buy the book for yourself, for others that you care about, and want to bless them with some encouraging messages. And, uh, and again, if they want to buy it, then go to Amazon.com and uh, make a great Christmas present. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. Good to hear from you tonight. We'll uh, keep Jacob coming on tonight. and just talk. We've been looking forward for yeah. this for a good long while. It's so interesting. It's such a beautiful uh it just makes the scripture so much more beautiful. I love how yeah. he said, I didn't know that about the Hebrew language, that it's also mathematical. Mm-hmm. And, I, and also about the... Yeah, we often depend on like when, <laughs> like when God told uh, in, in Genesis 3, remember when the first prediction of the Messiah mm-hmm. he, to Adam and Eve, he said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and singular. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it's... I, I knew that it yeah. kind of comes to bear there. It's going to be a man, uh, not an not an extraterrestrial, not a right. uh, an animal or so, but it's going to be a, a human being of the male. Mm-hmm. Of course, knowing Spanish, it, the Hebrew has that same um, uh, in the language. You, you tell the gender by by the language itself. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Wonderful. there it is, folks. We'll, we'll mention it again, but we've got to get going through our Genesis little people to. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember it either. Uh, we'll remember the question, and we'll get it out to you again and give you a chance to call in. You can call in at any time, uh, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585, and comment, question. The first uh, question uh, is, what was our question? Yeah, and then the next question. <laughs> uh, we will, let's move quickly through something here. Let's make some kind of progress. We talked about it. You studied this, the, yes, the so years between Adam and Noah. Our years between Adam and Noah, they say about 1656, and they get that from just the, the begat from Adam to Jesus, uh, about 2,000 years. And so. From Noah to. So then from. Abraham. Noah to Abraham, about 344. 344 years. years. Did I get this right? Let me see. Right, Adam to Noah. 656, I'm sorry, and then right from Adam to, uh, especially is how, when you think of the people groups and of the Tower of Babel and um, and what that might have done to the number of years. That, <laughs> it kind of uh, messed up the genealogy thing when uh, in, and then, the human race is eliminated and then we started getting that is right. Well, anyway, folks, that, that's, uh, that helps because quite often when we're reading the scriptures, we imagine a little bit, maybe we imagine many, many, many years, right. uh, just uh, almost an eternity. Mm-mm. But many of these lives are given the time they lived. And so like Methuselah, 969 years. Mm-hmm. And his name, when we come back, I want somebody to give us a call, 210-340-9585. And tell me the meaning of the word, the name Methuselah. All right. Do you know the meaning of the word Methuselah? Give us a call. 210, you go, dare go away. Is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar? If I cry, it just hurts so bad sometimes. Cause every day it's sinking in, and I have to say goodbye all over again. You know I bet it feels good to have the weight of this world off your shoulders And now 
All right. Thank you, John. Beautiful song to uh, bring us back into this final segment of the Bible Live broadcast. Save a place. That's uh, such a wonderful idea. I know when. Yes. Would you like to say something, John? For that's a special, a special song tonight yeah. for John. No, I, 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 I uh, usually I'm kind of quiet back here and let the two of them talk. But uh, I chose that song because uh, my father, George Harrison, died uh, Friday evening. And so the family's going through some stuff. And, and to hear the words that Matthew West sang, it just really uh, meant something to me. And so I wanted to share that with anyone else who either knew my dad or has gone through or is going through something similar to that. So uh, just thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Save a place. I remember when, uh, when your grandmother... When Ma and Pop passed mm-hmm. and went on into glory, that there was that kind of a sense of, well, how we'll see them again, that mm-hmm. hope that we mm-hmm. have in That's Christ. Right. That's right, uh, John. Thank you for yeah. for saying that, John, for really. choosing that song. I uh, yeah. Very touching. I just want to say that while I'm sad about losing him here, I'm happy that he's up there with God now and mm-hmm. with a family. And, and I know that this isn't a goodbye. It's till we meet again. Mm-hmm. Amen okay. goes there. Amen. Okay. Yeah, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We have uh, hope. Uh, and not just, oh, I hope I'm all right, but that means an expectance, mm-hmm. a, a great That's expectation right. a promise. Of, of, based on his promise that we will see each other, our, our loved ones, those in Christ, and we'll see our, our, our Savior and our God. Huh. And our, I spend a lot of time nowadays thinking families. about that. You know, that's oh, yeah, what that you. will be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you, John. Yeah. Well, let's get let's try to make a little progress here because we read through chapter thirty six and we we've only discussed maybe basically up to the flood. We talked last week and uh, some this week about the Tower of Babel, the creation of languages and competing people groups. How important that was! Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the flowering of languages and so, but it was God uh, accomplishing what he had commanded Adam and Noah to do is spread out and multiply over all the earth. But instead of spreading out and diversifying as God had intended and wanted them to do, they stayed all together and they, the mob mentality set in and they kind of walked together in lockstep to corruption and evil. And that brought about the judgment on the human race and so on. And in the tower of Babel by then too, they wouldn't spread out. They wouldn't, um, Uh, Look at their statement uh, in the Tower of Babel. It says, um, it's in chapter 6, if I remember correctly. Hang on a second. Um, Oh, this is after Noah. Uh, 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 11. Thank you. Chapter Mm -hmm. 11. Mm -hmm. uh, The people says, uh, at one one time all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words as the people migrate. See, if they had spread out, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Be the case because people in the mountain would have different trees, different plants, different experiences. They would dress differently, mm-hmm. and a language, different languages, would have developed uh, naturally if they had spread out and multiplied as God commanded. But they didn't. And as the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in uh, Babylonia, and all you know they settled there. And they began saying, "Let's make bricks and mortar, uh, harden them with fire." And that's why Babylon. Remember the mm-hmm. the uh, furnaces that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were thrown into. That area became a great area of building, a great city of of uh, Babylon, and so on. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and f- tar was used for mortar. 
Then they said, come, let's, Tara, that's, isn't that a preamble to the oil? <laughs> Already we're, we're, then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky so that if it, God makes it rain again, we can get out, we can climb higher and we can escape it. Maybe that uh-huh. would part of the mentality. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. So they were intentionally disobeying and not wanting to do. So uh, he confused the languages and it kind of forced them to to separate, to spread out and multiply Mm -hmm. as he had Mm -hmm. commanded them to do. And why? Why did he want them to spread out and multiply? Right, I I love this to Mm -hmm. to help to mitigate evil. To remember, uh, the sin nature had been released into the human into the human race. Right. And uh, and so they were. I always like your little your sayings. The lockstep towards mm-hmm. destruction and towards. And so uh, yeah. And so if they had different languages and if they had different kind of competi- competing interests groups, yeah. in different people groups and cultures, they would uh, help to uh, yeah mitigate the the worst tendencies of each other. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that would. And and what's interesting is that. Sin naturally, I mean, sin by nature steals, kills, and destroys. And so it wouldn't be that God is saying, I'm going to have to destroy you again. It's that they would Mm self-destruct. And so God is very little, I mean, he's merciful in 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 making them spread out it's uh it's helping them to to stay alive it's helping them to actually be more sustainable as a uh race Mm -hmm. and so uh yeah it's a very interesting you know we kind of just think of it is babel and um and then it also you know as far as we tend to think that's there's this beauty when it comes to unity and that there's this uh wonder and that we need to 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 go for kind of oneness, which mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. On, on one hand, but um, but no, on the other, God, He on this earth and in this time, that checks and balances is actually a, is a good thing. Um, being able to mm-hmm. um, have competing interests, being able to have diversity and different cultures, and to have to, is helps us stay. Um, mm-hmm. it, it helps kind of sharpen each because other. Because evil is often its own worst enemy. Yeah. You know, there's a thousand ways to be evil, to be wrong, but there's only one to be right. Yeah. And that is, uh, in, in essence, in other words, yes. knowing God and walking with God. And that can be very comforting, too, as far as um, those that are doing good stay the course. Sometimes mm-hmm. it does seem as if the flood of, I mean, the, the flood of evil, the evil, the <laughs> onslaught is just yeah. overwhelming and overpowering. Yeah, feel like you're rowing against the current. Absolutely. Yeah. But how many times, I mean, this is probably my favorite part of Lord of the Rings. And I think it was a very big theme in Tolkien's mm-hmm. was that uh, just stay the course. And oftentimes evil will end up destroying one another. And then there you are left still standing kind of miraculously, just kind of quietly like the hobbits doing what they're on the journey to do. That's right. That's Um, exactly right. mm -hmm. Evil is, is often what what the the net result in terms of God's redemptive plan was that it extended the human race. You know, the, the, in other words, now it was set to, if a Hitler rises up, uh, a Stalin rises up to oppose him, and they have war and so on. But it doesn't; the whole race doesn't go into corruption and judgment. Right. And so they're competing people groups, uh, and so sometimes evil people will end up resisting other evil people, and right. so it doesn't result in the, a total destruction of the race, walking in lockstep to evil and judgment, but smaller. Uh, battles between different people groups but it extended the the uh existence in the in the um humanity the mm-hmm. population right. and now we are up to a population of se- over seven seven and a half billion people and uh and that tower mm-hmm. of babel was to contribute to to that and why because god is calling out a people group out he is harvesting out of the human race those a people for himself. I will be their God. They will be my people. And so it, 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 it makes sense. And I, uh, over and over again, what I'm learning is that the Bible makes sense of our life and of our existence. And many of these details, we read them and we wonder what significance, why is that story there about Babel and all? Uh, yeah, it's interesting and all.
but at the same time, it makes sense in the the narrative, mm-hmm. the, the the redemptive narrative, the purposes of God as well. And it makes sense, right? And and who hum, humans are, our nature, yeah. the anthropology, uh, and exactly. even the socio, it, and even the um, the history. You're saying yeah. you talk to yeah. a linguist and uh, this idea of language. That was one of our one one of our early events uh, on staff that we had a uh, I forget the word. Uh, not just it's those who study language and the development of the languages origins. and yeah and they know how which developed out of uh latin which came out of the greek or whatever and that sort of thing and they they trace the development right. and evolution mm-hmm. of, of languages and there was a moment he he confirmed for it there was a moment there was a time when languages <laughs> multiplied you know just instantly, instantly and almost instantly and very quickly, mm-hmm. they developed That's and were there. Yeah, so it is. It is. It really is. Well, let's move forward. I ask you if anyone can tell us what the word Methuselah means. He, was in, he appears in the uh, genealogies before um, the flood, and no one is called. I'm, 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 I'm hoping someone could do that. The word Methuselah, we'll give an, uh, I'll give another question in a moment, but the word Methuselah means when he dies. Mm. And it's significant that Methuselah, many of our listeners may know that he, at least in terms of the biblical record, he's the longest, uh, the person who lived the longest mm-hmm. in the genealogies, 969 years. Wow. I don't know if I wanna or would want to live for nine, but he, they did, and 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 there's some reasons for that. By the way, folks, there are some reasons and explanations as to why people before the flood lived uh, such long, long periods of time. Uh, it, it makes sense, uh, not only the record here, but the idea that there was a canopy of clouds over the earth. It had not rained. The earth was watered uh, mm-hmm. from. It had a lot of B12. Above. It had not rain. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of B12. Of <laughs> yeah, and the the ultraviolet rays of the sun, which cause aging, mm-hmm. were blocked by this canopy of cloud around the nation. And the temperature was um, moderate mm-hmm. around the world. And that's even proven by archaeological mm-hmm. digs in the Arctic lands. Mm-hmm. And this, because they have found trees and, and, mm-hmm. and animal life there that would only happen in moderate temperature and they wonder how what's the trees doing here mm-hmm. under the snow and and, and uh, uh, not only that did it block the ultraviolet rays but also the the oxygen the presence of oxygen in the atmosphere which uh, uh, contributes to longevity was much higher it's what is it 15.2 pounds per square inch now but it was wow. much higher under the Good. cloud uh, and that increased also uh, the oxygen supplied to the human race and to other animals. And they, uh, there, there are reasons. There really are. There is support for that, and that that would explain. Now, when the clouds broke and the rain came and the flood came, then, of course, lifespans, uh, lifespans began to be shorter, which makes sense as well. So we have the Tower of Babel. Then it jumps from Chapter 11 up to Chapter 11 in the book of Genesis. It's dealing with the whole human race. It's telling uh, about formative uh, ideas uh, and the things of creation and the processes. We've mm-hmm. kind of got it set. Now we come to chapter 12 and he stops talking about at the end of chapter 11 into chapter 12. It's not talking about the universe, the the humanity, the whole race of humanity and all in the, in the big plan. Uh, he's already talked about that. There's going to be a redeemer. There's going to be a savior coming and God is calling out a people for himself and so on. And then you come to Abraham. God it comes down to a person. Yes. Now, we're going to start now tracking the process by which God is going to preserve a witness of himself, mm-hmm. even in, in in the midst of all the development of the human race and the rebellion and the corruption and the sinfulness. There's going to be he's going to preserve a witness for himself among his people, people who know him, love him, acknowledge him. Not that they're perfect, but that they are redeemed. They the, the God knows them and he counts them for righteousness because of their faith in him. Mm -hmm. They apply the finished work of the redemptive process, the redemptive plan, the Messiah, Jesus. Mm -hmm. He applies the finished work of the Messiah to them and they're God's people Mm -hmm. and they have invited God to use them and God begins to use them 
to do two things. One, to preserve a witness, to keep alive the vision and the understanding of the one true God, the Creator, and uh, to bring through them in their lineage yeah. the, the Messiah would born through them. Yeah. And so that's where we start with Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, Ab- Abram uh, is his, uh, his first name. He's changed later to Abraham, the father of many nations, and Sarai, who becomes Sarah. Uh, a princess, and so we start with Abraham, uh, Abraham and Sarah. We talk, they start out over there in that part of the world, in the Babylonian part of the world, Ur, Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans, and the, God tells him to move, to leave his father in his, the security of his home there, and go to a land that he does not know. But I will show you, and that I'm going to give that land to you and your descendants, and and. It's all part of this ongoing plan that God has. He's working out in history to carry out Mm -hmm. his redemptive plan for humanity. And he plants Abraham uh, and the people and, you know, eventually the people of Israel, his lineage, uh, in this little piece of real estate we call Israel. It was called Israel then and, and today, right in the middle of the great, the coming great empires, mm-hmm. Egypt and Aram, then uh, uh, Assyria, then Babylon, then Greece, and and Rome. all that Israel was placed in a very strategic place to keep alive that witness of the true and living God. One God in the midst of all the polytheism and idolatry, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, again, it makes sense, folks. This, the pattern is set here in Genesis, and it makes sense. We start with Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Abraham doesn't have children. That's significant. Uh, Lot, his nephew, uh, is with him. We have the story of Abraham and Lot, and the, uh, we have the story of Melchizedek. This, this Abraham uh, rescues his nephew Lot from being kidnapped and so on. He had to be a warrior. He had to put on his commander's cap and take his, some of his people of his, of his entourage, his people group, and go and chase them down and, and fight battles. And uh, he rescued Lot. And then on his way back, he's met by this this uh, priest of, of the one true God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in other they, words, yeah. Abraham is not the only follower mm-hmm. of the true God. They, yeah. they, they know about him because this is not that far off from the flood and from the Tower of Babylon. Mm-hmm. The, there are those who remember, right. and this Melchizedek is the priest of the Most High God, Prince of Salem, King of Salem, uh, uh, and he blesses Abraham, and, ble- and Abraham gives a tithe to him uh, in, in recognition and humility. And Melchizedek is spoken of in the New Testament as a picture of the work of the The Messiah would be our our high priest, our representative. And that's Christ became our high priest as well as our sacrifice. And so um, he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, the book, book of Hebrews says. Then let's move on forward quickly. Anything you see, Stacy, you want to mention just Chime right in, throw it in there, Lord's covenant promise with Abraham. In chapter 15, we have the promise yeah. of the covenant with Abraham, that he, what God is going to do in him, with him, through him, and around him. And then uh, God walks through. Yeah. God seals that covenant, not with Abraham's promise, but with his own promise. Right. God is going to fulfill this, He's not even only if going Abraham's to, weakness. Yes, that's yeah. right. God's not only going to keep his end, God's end of the deal, but... If Abraham breaks his part, God's going to keep Abraham's part of the deal, too. <laughs> and that's, uh, ultimately, that is fulfilled that is, through the Messiah, exactly. who fulfills It's really beautiful. Perfectly. That's it one is of my favorite beautiful. moments. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Abraham gives uh, birth. He tries to help God. God tells him we're going to have a baby. He, he and Sarah were very old, about 75 years of age. And they had to wait 25 years mm-hmm. before the son of promise, Isaac, is born to them. Meanwhile, they gave up waiting, and they decided, well, we'll help God out here. And they had Ishmael, mm-hmm. and uh, Abraham loved him and, and esteemed him, but he's not the son of promise. And so, uh, in fact, we know now that Ishmael was the father of the Arab nations mm-hmm. and, and so on. And as it may explain a little bit of the the fighting. Oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're kinsmen mm-hmm. from the same father, but the one is... the the son of promise and one not. 
and, and a great deal is made of that in I the New Testament as well. Yeah, that what a, that's a, it's a sweet insight into God's character, though, is is Hagar, you know, when she's in distress and she goes and runs from him, and yeah. and then she and then God and and God's the one that sees her, mm. and uh, it's just a sweet. He yeah. he has compassion on her and tells yeah. her to return. Exactly. Um, well, the, yeah, in I the book of Galatians, it. It, uh, Paul uses it as an example mm-hmm. uh, too, as well of of um, uh, of the the true Israel. Mm-hmm. It's not just this people group, uh, right. a geopolitical group, or, right. or even an ethnic uh, genetic group. Right. But it but it's actually the truest sense of the word Israel is the people of God, those mm-hmm. who have wrestled with God in one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he makes that point using Hagar and Ishmael as an example in the book of mm-hmm. what he says about. Uh, true Israel, what what it really means to be uh, a, a part of the people of God globally a, around the world. Uh, Abraham, uh, then Abraham is renamed Abraham. Abram is renamed Abraham. Sarah has a new name. Sarah, uh, Sarai becomes Sarah. Uh, let me see. The covenant there is, we talked about in chapter 15. Um, uh, then they have their son finally. Um, we have Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. When, when Lot goes to Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities, and they're corrupt, and and they are judged as well. Uh, that that one, that tremendous story of God's judgment. Uh, Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt, and so on. Um, Lot and his daughters. Uh, the birth of Isaac in chapter twenty-one, and so the race is on. The the the. The covenant is being carried out, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And yes. Stacy, you better take it away from me. <laughs> I was just going to say, time does go by very fast. You know, we're talking about Genesis. and We'll continue next week. And it will. Oh, yeah, we'll continue. So we'll see you in a week. <laughs> That's right. That time will go fast then. <laughs> the Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.